Podcasting looks the social network minute by minute. Today we're going to be covering minute number 79, which goes from 1 hour 18 to 1 hour 18 and 59. Uh, it starts with Mark Zuckerberg doing some maths. Um, and it finishes with. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, there's some zip lining from a chimney. And then there is. Um, I think, is it in this minute that the chimney kind of uh, collapses? And smashes through into the yes. patio furniture. Yeah, it's in this minute. Yeah, yeah. And then someone says to Eric, who is one of the interns who won his place, uh, he says, I'm okay. And Mark says, you sure? And that's where the minute finishes. And joining me to talk about today is Joff. Hello, Joff. Thanks for returning. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so the first half of this is a little bit of, I don't know, just like a really funny gag. Uh, Mark had finished the previous minute saying, hang on. And then on a pad, he just starts, he literally starts writing and he kind of, everyone has to kind of stare at him for like, a, I don't know, five, ten seconds while he does this. And he just says, I'm just checking your math on that. And he goes, yes, I got the same. And I oh, just, man. I love how. This is just, it's, it's, it's peak Zuckerberg condescension. And Eduardo's expression after he delivers that punchline, I've just, I've never seen anyone look at someone with such complete disdain. Just he <laughs> yeah. is seething over there, like you, like you are just pure evil. That's I really love that moment. It's it's such a fun it's such a fun thing because obviously you know Gretchen had said you know you'd already put one thousand in you know an additional eighteen thousand a total of nineteen thousand which is something that you would do in a deposition right even if it's obvious to everybody you would still state the obvious because you kind of have to get it on the record um, that it's a total of nineteen thousand and as I said Eduardo didn't actually put eighteen thousand in he put ten thousand so I don't know why they changed it for this but you know that we get the nice nineteen thousand gag. And I just do love how Mark is like, wait a second, let me just make sure. And then I like how Gretchen is like, may I continue? <laughs> like, and Mark's like, yeah, you know, like, I just love how he takes this moment. You know, he doesn't want to be there. Like, he's made this abundantly clear in both depositions throughout the entire of the film. So I kind of like how, as somebody who's basically been forced to be there, he's just taking this, like, step back and being like, well, if I've got to be here... I may as well just mess with them just just for the sake of it. Like just just to kind of be like, yeah, I, I you have I I have to be here because I'm defending myself, but I don't have to enjoy it. And you're not going to enjoy my company. You know, like you're going to I'm going to take a shot when I can take a shot. And I kind of like how he sees this as like something where, you know, if he wanted to, he doesn't like there's no reason why he can't challenge a mass on this. Like that's something he can do. Um, you know, if the figures were a bit more complicated and she arrived at a certain number, then obviously he could also kind of question that. But I like how it's such simple maths and he's still like, wait a second, let me just kind of, you know, like I was, you know, a, a kind of computer major. I had to do, you know, advanced maths like at school. So let me just double check your maths. For you. <laughs> right. And it's it's such a kind of it's because it's so it's kind of like you have both him doing the maths and making people wait for him to do this obvious sum, which even his own lawyer, Sai, is kind of sitting there, and you can see him being like, why is he doing right, this? Right, exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. 
but I at the same time it's like well Mark is kind of almost saying look if I'm going to have to sit here and put up with all this I'm going to take my I'm going to take chances when I can just to kind of have a dig at somebody um, and so obviously that's what he does and I kind of like how Gretchen she kind of continues on um, where she says you know after expressing misgivings about Mr Zuckerberg taking the company and moving to California for the summer obviously that's something that he never moved back so it wasn't just for the summer um, why did you kind of put 18000 in in an account for him? And of course he says, you know, I figured we were partners and I wanted to be a team player. You know, I figured Mark just and the new interns could work on the site while he was generating interest, you know, advertisers in New York. And, you know, he was like, what can go wrong in three months? And then we get a classic Gilligan cut. As he's <laughs> like, what could go wrong? Smash cut to zip line on top of a, a, a you know, a, a bungalow and people kind of jumping off it and getting into the pool um and it's i don't know it's it's kind of, it's just kind of funny of like uh, you know what could go wrong and then instantly this is what could go wrong um and so it's i don't know it's it's kind of funny um i also like how we got this weird detail of mark is in the pool videotaping it like uh, dustin moskovitz obviously is the person who is you know T- taking the, the kind of jumping off the zip line, so he's kind of zip lining over the pool and then jumping down. Um, this was something that they really did. They had a house on eight nineteen La Jennifer Way. Uh, I don't know why it's called La Jennifer, but you know, uh, there we go. And they had a zip line that was um, put onto a telegraph pole and went all the way across to the chimney over the pool. Uh, obviously, the idea being that they would zip line down and then drop off into the pool. Um, and, um, you know, as, as the, uh, like, apparently they had regular parties at this house. Uh, they were kind of close to the Stanford, um, you know, campus and they had already expanded out to Stanford. So obviously Stanford people were on Facebook. So they would have Facebook invites that they would send to people from Stanford and they would have them round, um, to this house, which was, uh, 2000 square feet on a 6,007 foot, sorry, 6,000. 765 square feet lot uh, it had four bedrooms and three baths and at the moment um, it's now worth 1.4 million um, and apparently they would spend you know three days coding and then they would have like a party for a couple of days and then they would go back to coding and they pretty much did that for the entire um, you know summer um, and you know there was a, a local um, newspaper spoke to the person who was in charge of renting it out to um, Mark Zuckerberg, who apparently was like the son of the owner, um, and he had gone round one time, and someone had said, "Are oh, you here about the chimney?" And he was like, "What about the chimney?" And they were like, "Oh, nothing about the chimney. Don't worry about the chimney." And so, <laughs> so this is this is a true incident, basically. Like they did end up kind of destroying the chimney. Apparently, um, you know, in the next minute there'll be talk of how it's going to eat into the security deposit. But apparently, Mark Zuckerberg was able to kind of negotiate so that they didn't have to pay that much um like they got the chimney repaired and then you know they they didn't lose that much of the security deposit on you know the kind of damage that had been done in the, the in the house um uh, apparently the guy who owned this house also owned a number of other houses that he rented out to kind of startups like this um i guess um the closest kind of equivalent that people would probably be familiar with would be silicon valley where you have uh, the house you know that is is there where it has like a number of startups and that kind of thing so apparently this guy would rent out these houses to people in palo alto for that kind of thing so he was kind of known for doing this um so i don't know it's it's i i i think it's funny that we go like david fincher isn't one for doing kind of like jokey editing 
But I do like how Eduardo is like, what could go wrong? And then it's like, zip line from the chimney. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it's very it's such a, it, like, well, at least it's not raining. Thunder yeah. and lightning. And then it starts <laughs> to rain. But I think that it's wild that this was a this this zip lining stunt was a true incident and maybe an early indication that this bunch of clowns are not the best suited to have control over a company that has so much influence over the world i don't know but the soundtrack to their shenanigans is also the payoff to our discussion from earlier in the week about California Uber Alice. So we get West Coast Pop Lock by Ronnie Hudson. And it's, you know, that's um, like California knows how to party. I, I wasn't familiar with this song. I was much more familiar with this as a sample in California Love by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre. So it, it was kind of fun to to hear it in the scene. And, and I, I guess they just did a little, like they put up on the whiteboard, think of fun songs that mention California. And, and (laughs) these were the, these were the two that rose to the top. I'm going to guess that they probably went with California. They probably went with this over California love, because I have a feeling the cost of getting California love was probably way, way too high. Mm. Whereas I think the Dead Kennedys would probably let, you know, the director of Seven and Fight Club have California Uber Alice for a reasonable fee. Um, and then obviously West Coast Pop Lock, again, because it's known mostly as a sample, mm-hmm. you kind of hear it and in your head you're thinking California love, but obviously it's going to be cheaper than getting California. Right. So so it's kind of, it's kind of like cheating a little bit. Um, But I, I I think the thing is as well, bearing in mind that this film finishes with a very expensive song. I feel like they were saving the money a little bit earlier on in the soundtrack so they could finish the end credits with a particular song. Um, And and obviously that, that band being extremely hard to get music from, um, it's kind of like, well, you know, if we don't have California Love, we can at least have the, the song that's sampled by it. I don't know how much I would really expect a bunch of programmers in like 2004 to be listening to West Coast Pop Lock instead of California right, Love. Right. Like it, it makes more sense to me that they would listen to California Love than West Coast Pop Lock. But I guess, you know, for the sake of the film, it doesn't really make that much difference because you get the words California knows how to party. So that's that's as much as you need to kind of hear and if it's the sample or if it's the song sampling it either way it doesn't really make any difference like in your head you're probably already thinking um that it's california love even if it isn't so it's kind of like a cheap way of getting california love into the film without having to pay for that song um but yeah i don't know it's i I, i've listened to the song a few times as well it's a fun song you know like it shows up in some of the films as well um and you know i think obviously ronnie hudson um you know, the fact that it's been sampled in not just that song, but, you know, a number of other songs by various rappers over the years, um, you know, it, and obviously California Love was a gigantic song. So he's probably made enough money off that to kind of um, keep him going. Um, it's it's really it's really weird because, um, you know, I know there are some rappers who will sample certain songs because they know that um, the people that they're sampling will get paid mm. and it will kind of give them like a stream of income. Um, and it's similar to when uh, Metallica did like uh, an EP of covers 
um, by a band who I'm going to completely forget, but they were like a new British, new wave of British metal, British heavy metal. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the band is now, but they only covered those songs because they knew that it would sell in high numbers because obviously they're Metallica. And that meant that that person, the person who wrote the songs originally would get a steady income stream. Um, it was a guy who Lars Ulrich, he slept on his sofa when he came over to London, like in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, and so he kind of paid this person back by doing a, doing an EP of covers of their songs. And that way he knew they'd get paid. And certain rappers have done this. I know that, um, certainly Jay-Z has done this. He sampled certain songs because he knows that the artist in particular, you know, is not doing that well. Mm -hmm. And if he samples their song, then they're going to get paid for the sample. And then obviously they're going to, you know, they're going to be getting checks for the rest of their life, basically. And so it's kind of just like a nice gesture. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what's happened in this particular case. I just know a lot of rappers have sampled this song. (laughs) And, and I guess I'm guessing that this is really the only kind of hit that Ronnie Hudson's ever had. Um, and so I, I think this has probably been the, the, you know, he's 62 now. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that he's probably doing okay just off this song being sampled. You know, he's probably got a retirement plan just from that. Um, you know, and so, yeah, cause California love is epic. Yeah. And, and the thing is as well, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I certainly know it did. Okay, it did okay over here. Um, but I know it was certainly big in in America. Like uh, I'm almost certain it, it kind of got to a number one um, on on certain charts over there, um, and, and certainly sold really well. Um, I think over here it only got to number six, something like that. So it did okay, but um, you know this was around the time of uh, Take That. So uh, Take That were dominating the charts over here. So unfortunately, uh, you know there's no way that Tupac was going to get a number one. Um, but yeah, so, you know, <laughs> well, w- one, f- one fun thing that I recommend because I wanted to hear the song again. So I looked it up on YouTube like you do. And I, I've been a huge fan of the song for decades, but I've never seen the video. I recommend checking out the video. It is wild. It's, it's this Mad Max motif where Dre and Tupac are, are kind of trying to free some people that are uh, being held captive by some kind of overlord in, in a dystopian, you know, road warrior-esque scenario. And, and you know, Dre's always really fun when he does his, his acting in his videos, if you ever have seen the kind of Batman and Robin thing he did with Eminem. So, yeah, definitely check out that video. Yeah, I think it's closer to Thunderdome out of all the Mad Max films, though, in terms of the, the motifs. Yeah. <laughs> more, than, more than the yeah, first two. Yeah, because it's... it's all the way over the yeah. top and crazy costumes. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. uh, that's a great video. I remember it being all over MTV in, like, the kind of the mid-'90s. Um, but, yeah, so it's interesting that, like, like I say, the film kind of gets away with you thinking of that song by playing the song that it sampled. Um, although, noticeably, right. it's a bit quicker than California Love. California Love is a, a, a kind of slower song than... Because um, this is... It's kind of more like California knows how to... Part. Like, it's a bit kind of more up-tempo. Uh, so you can kind of tell. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like it. I also like that Mark... Yeah, because it's really processed as a sample and it's sort of... It's like, California knows how to There's also party. a second sample for the bass line uh, that comes from a different song that's in California Love as well, which I cannot, for the life of me, off the top of my head, remember where it is. But um, So there's more, there's more... There's at least three different samples that kind of make up the basis of that song. Um 
But yeah, I also like, for some reason, Mark has decided to give marks to the people falling into the pool. Um, and <laughs> for some reason, Dustin gives himself an eight. And he's like, it, it was it was more like a two. <laughs> and it, it, it's kind of it's kind, and that's not something that's in the script it's just in the script it says we hear the guys joke about the quality of the jump um and then you know the handle gets pulled back on a rope the in- intern grabs it and then jumps and the brick chimney comes crashing down uh, into the you know patio furniture and you know the chimney comes cascading down so all of that is in the script uh the kind of the chimney breaking and everything but the, the fact that Mark's like, you know, he's like, it, that was an eight. And he's like, no, it was, it was a two. Like, that kind of stuff isn't actually in the script. That's just a little tiny... That's one of the few moments in the script where we actually get a little tiny bit of improv kind of in character between those between those two actors. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't, and the thing is, I don't know how Dustin judges that as an eight. Like, it was more of a fall. It was... I don't know. I, I think Mark is correct on this one. I think that deserves a lower grade than an eight. It's not, I, don't, I don't know what Dustin thinks he's talking about. He's <laughs> yeah. just... You know, he's crazy to give it an eight. And and really the last note that I had is how odd it is that when the the chimney gets pulled down and then something flies down and shatters that patio table and then the dude sitting there reading a magazine, the patio table is shattered right next to him. He doesn't even flinch. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the second winning intern, Ian, um, who will he has a line in the next minute, which we can kind of talk about because I am not a fan of his delivery of that line. Um, but yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't move. Um, I guess people are just used to crazy things around this house, so they don't kind of, uh, you know, they don't react to anything. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird moment. I also think as well the whole kind of. Eduardo's kind of woe is me speech where he's like, you know, I figured we were partners and I wanted to be a team player and I figured Mark and De- like all of that stuff. It's kind of like we get it, Eduardo. You know, we've we've had a little bit of this already and we we get the picture. You were in New York. You were trying to get advertisers. Mark was trying to, you know, it, it's like, you know, kind of giving him the, the, the 18,000. You know, I that speech is kind of a bit whiny. And then the fact it gets to the you know how much could go wrong in three months it's kind of it's kind of funny that like we then get the gilligan cup but you know like it's like okay odd we get it like tone it down just a little bit like you know there's no need to kind of wistfully look off into the distance and talk about how much you figured that we were partners and a team player and all that kind of stuff it's like uh it feels <laughs> it feels like we've got the point by now Eduardo. you know like stop kind of you know i i'm tempted to get out the world's smallest violin okay you're a billionaire who got you know, screwed out of some a couple of billion. You're still a billionaire, so you know. Let's let's tone down the whining just a little tiny bit about the whole we were partners thing. Um, you know, but yeah, most of this most of this minute is the kind of the zip lining and the, the like you say the the kind of chimney comes crashing down and Ian doesn't move an inch, um, as if like patio tables getting smashed by chimneys is a thing that just happens around him all the time and he, you know, he's he's not particularly that bothered by it. Um, but I think it's funny as well how like the intern from the roof has to say like I'm okay, <laughs> and and Mark's like Are you sure? Like just kind of you know he's concerned but not that concerned. You know he's you know it, and obviously we'll talk more about the direction this takes in the next minute because um, you know the chimney kind of alerts somebody else to kind of come to the house. Um, you know and 
So, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes in the next minute. Is there anything else that needs to be said about this minute, do you think? No, I think we covered it. Yeah, I'd, I, I think this episode, I'd, I'd give it an eight. <laughs> At least. I mean, it's definitely more than a two. Let's put it like that. Um, it's definitely more so than a two. So the Thursday question is, uh, what is your favorite social network? And I will say, really, I've been qualifying this as the one that you tolerate the most. All right. The one that I tolerate the most is Meetup. Because I like that you can really kind of focus in on exactly what you are trying to network with people on. So I'm in some meetup groups for runners. And I used to be in a meetup group for people who like retro video games. And so it's social media can be such an avalanche of content and it's always seems to be the things that you don't want it to be. So I really like that meetup is laser focused like that. I think you're the first person literally to say the words meetup on this podcast. So, uh, you know, like I, I can't say I've ever used it. Um, I think, isn't it kind of pitched as a way to make friends with strangers? Um, uh, and kind of, or people with mutual interests who maybe you don't know. I think is that if I remember, that's how it was pitched. It's it's mutual interests and yes, strangers, but it's it's more event focused. So it's okay. Find all the people that have this niche interest, kind of in your general area, and then that you would not otherwise necessarily have a way to meet because, you know, as a, it's hard to make friends as an adult and we're very busy and, and we're not just hanging around the pool and zip line in all day. So it, it just, you know, is there anybody that, that still likes super Nintendo <laughs> that lives within 20 miles of me? And then, and then someone will put together like a Super Nintendo party at their house. And so you actually physically meet up um, with your weird internet friends. It's yeah. fun. Sounds terrifying. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Sure. So Joe versus a Minute is in pre-production right now. And if you want to get news about that upcoming podcast covering Joe versus a Volcano, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minutes or on Facebook at the social minutes podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here today. Thank you. And I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Shake your get up. Get up. Shake your get up. Get up. Shake your get up. Get up. Shake your get up. Get up.